Well, this is gold. We're losing it. Come on, mine. Pick, pick somebody. Come um, on. Um, um... It's not like we do this every episode. Why can I... Oh, I'm, I know, I know. You caught me off, though. <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, uh... de Ville? He's got the hair for it. <laughs> That's true. Uh, fuck it, I'll be... Yes, I know. Well, you're first then, so go on. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. Fucking hell. What? I'm a zombie. <laughs> Alan Partridge zombie. <laughs> what is that a zombie that runs up and says, smell my cheese? <laughs> the uh, best zombie ever. Tungsten tip screws. Oh, for God's sake. It's lethal watching. I'm just going to start it now. <laughs> to help that all the characters I thought of don't say anything in their films. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, but what's up? Hello, Jared. What's up with your voice this week? You sound very English. Fuck I'm you. Not, <laughs> not at all. I, oh, sorry. <laughs> Scottish. Call me what it is. Wow. I've just insulted the guest. We've not even started yet. Dude, we call me English. You couldn't get any worse than that. Sorry, we got a guest. Nice well call me Welsh. Oh, for God's sake. We, this is like the most unprofessional start to the show we've had for a very long time. We've been getting good at being professional, and now it's all just gone to pot. And it's without That's Jeremy. my bad influence. It is, isn't it? Yes, uh, we've, Martin's here, and I'm here. Uh, but we've, we've got a guest this weekend, Ross Chuban Hendry. Hello. Hello, ex of uh, the podcast. Yes, ex yeah. of uh, Sonic String and the Edinburgh Zombie Club, which is still on extended hiatus. Aww. It, it's nothing to do with the fact that the last podcast we did had an extensive rant about Jimmy Savile in it. <laughs> <laughs> When, when, when does the court order run out, or is it still kind of ongoing? Oh, it, it's ongoing. We're still on the run. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, so uh, I think Ross has been on the show before, on our Halloween special two years ago, I think. Was it that long? It was Please. the first Halloween special, yeah. It was like a, an hour and a half long show. I don't know why, but this was. So we thought we'd get him back in for this week, because we've got no Jared, because he's somewhere in Ireland. He's moving, because yeah. apparently Liam Neeson knows where he is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, apparently. And when you move in Ireland, you've got to drive around in like a really old car. Yes. Um, <laughs> with with the local barman. The local barman, yeah. You can only be driven by the local barman to whatever your destination is. So obviously, you know, moving the whole house takes a long time. So no Jared this week, but you know, Ross is um, 20% better. Woohoo. Because he's Scottish, as we clarified at the beginning of the show. There you go. You got it right this time. Thank you very much. Uh, so yeah. that's the, So how have you guys been? Well, Martin since last show and uh, Ross in the last two years. Oh, do you want me to go over the whole <laughs> two years in detail? If you could, yeah, that'd be great. Well, see, in the first month after I was last on... Yeah, there's there's been stuff happening. Cool. Excellent, Ross. Thanks for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Succinct. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Martin? I'm, I'm... Sorry? How about you? I said, how about you, Martin? 
I'm I'm a lot better, thank you, and thanks for all your well wishes on last episode, which I didn't get. So thank you very much for that. Um, no, I'm a lot better now, thank you. So, what were you poorly? Yeah, I, I was properly bad, um, and I created a new game actually. Um, basically, <laughs> oh what you do is you get loads of handkerchiefs containing snot, catar, and spunk, and you have to guess which one's which, which handkerchief has which in. It's a new family game, which I'm going to develop. Fun for all the family. So, snot, spunk, guitar? Smunk, yeah. Snot, spunk, or guitar. That sounds like guitar. It's if you leave a more crust over kind of thing. Why are we talking about this? I don't know. <laughs> Why did you bring it up? I didn't query what you were doing with those kind of things. You just raised it as an issue. I told you what I was doing. That's why I, I invented games whilst I was ill. That doesn't sound like any kind of game. That just sounds <laughs> like... <laughs> Have you playtested this one with anyone? No, I haven't even tried it myself. <laughs> ah, I'm, I'm guessing it's a solitaire game. No, it's something for all the family can do, you know, over, after Christmas dinner, just before Doc 2 comes on. Hey, hey, hey Grandma, do you want to play Spunk Exactly, yeah. It's not. Yeah. I mean, I've not ironed out all the rules yet, so I don't know if there's any touching involved or if you can smell it or what. But, you know, it's, it's the first step of a long process. <laughs> well, we look forward to seeing that in Essen in a few years. <laughs> How are you anyway, Phil? I'm I'm fine. I, I was poorly as well last week, but I dragged myself onto the podcast. No, you had a snotty nose. I was properly ill. I was poorly as well. Thank you very much. Shocking. Well, I I was covered in tissues as well. Not No spunk, though, I might I hasten to add. Because, you know, I don't want to get tired with a several brush with my child in the house. <laughs> very... I'm, I'm glad to see that the, uh, the standard of conversation has skyrocketed oh, since thanks, I was thanks. last on. Yeah. Bloody hell. Well, you know, um, that's what happens when you come out into the middle of the woods into a shed to talk about films. Yeah, it just gets a bit kind of... And of course I'm down a mineshaft. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's dark and lonely yeah. down here. <laughs> because, because in the middle of the shed there's the mineshaft. Yeah. It's quite, yeah. quite a big shed. That would be a scary thing to find. <laughs> it would be a scary thing because it's Halloween. Yes, thank you, Ross. Well done. And it's, Just this point is, out the segue, why don't you? Thank you. It's the second of the Scaretober specials because we're in the middle of Scaretober, right in the midst of it. So let's get on and talk about some films.
Okay, so um, I'm going to ask one of you, what was the last film that you watched? And I'm going to start with Martin. Martin. Yeah, I was playing, I was foxing you. The last film I watched was actually funny because obviously you mentioned it last week as well, and that is Safe, Jason Satham's latest. And Oh, this is the film where he plays the chap teenager, isn't it? Because he's safe. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because it's actually got a storyline, and that's something that I wasn't expecting. I was just <laughs> expecting, you know, to say them to appear and just punch people in the face repeatedly for about 90 minutes. But this one does actually have a storyline, and I kind of disagree with what happens in the end. But well, you're, yeah. going, you're going spoilers there, aren't you? But, uh, I'm trying not to, but he does something which you kind of think doesn't need to be done. Does he wear a wig? No, he actually pulls off his mask and it turns out that he's been Gerald, Gerald Boyle all along. <laughs> I knew it. Did you see, as we're talking about him, did you see the trailer for his other film? Um, oh, it's Parker? Parker? No. This one with, he's starring in the film with uh, Jennifer... Jennifer Lopez. Oh, Is this based on the Parker books? I think so, yeah. I think it's the same awesome. character. Whether it's like an actual um, hard... You know, like a proper version of it. I'm not sure, but he he wears a cowboy hat. So, what more do see him in a cowboy hat? It just looks good. Oh, Jason saving him in a cowboy hat. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's based on the Donald Westlake books. Oh, cool. Definitely yeah. watch that. Yeah, because wasn't um oh didn't somebody from the 60s or 70s do a version of the character? Yeah, there've been a few oh, adaptations of name? it. Uh, the most famous Lee, uh, one was, um, was it the Long Good Night? No, not the Long Good Night. Um, uh, Elliot Gould, I think, played him. Oh, that's true. You might think he did Lee Marvin play a version of him then. Might just making that up. Yes, yes, he did. And there's also been uh, a couple of books recently. By... Oh, new books. I can see it on the shelf. I just can't make it the writing. Yeah. Uh, so. It's... Quite a quite a pulpy yeah. character, but the the film seems more kind of because um, I thought Parker was like you know quite a hard boiled character, but the film looks to be a bit more kind of uh, like Ocean's Eleven-y, kind of heisty oh. kind of thing. So like, like I say, whether or not this kind of is they're just kind of using the character and the situation in the book and kind of flipping in a different tone on it, I'm not sure. So it's when is, worth, if you're aware, is it expected out? Um, at January point, next year. Thank you, Ross. Yeah, I didn't even hear you type. <laughs> I'm that good. That's, that's so good. So, so did you enjoy uh, Safe, though? It was all right. It was 90 minutes, which was enough, and certainly there was the action. I would have liked a bit more action, though. Kind of thing is, with these kind of films, you just want a no-brainer kind of thing. You know, yeah. like Expendables and um, Crank and something like that. And it's not that. There is a bit of a plot there, but it's all right. It does the job. Fair enough. Well, as we mentioned, Stadium, who's playing Parker, one of his contemporaries of the Parker books was the the, the the Destroyer books, which was made into a film in 1985 called Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins, which is what I've watched this week. Yeah. That is an extended segue that I'm quite proud of. Yeah. yeah Let's move you. on. <laughs> no. what, what was it like? It was on Netflix, wasn't it? Yeah, it's on Netflix, which kind of shocked me because I think... I think I had a pirate copy of this when I was younger. Because um, it's got, uh, is it Fred, Will- oh, Fred Ward in it? Of Tremors fame? Oh, you yeah. Must, you must have seen this, Ross. What's it called again? Remo Williams. I think the, Eng- the English version was called Remo Williams Unarmed and Dangerous. 
got it's got the oh, American that name. Certainly rings a bell. I'm not sure if I've seen it or certainly haven't seen it recently. But... Yeah, I I haven't seen it for like ten twenty years or something. And I saw it just popped up on Netflix, and I was like, I'm going to watch that immediately because I'm quite enjoyed <laughs> it when I was. I must be like nine or ten when I watched it, and it's quite a good. Well, I say good. That's you know the line there is very thin, basically. But basically, like Reba Williams is this uh, Vietnam veteran and New York cop who gets brought into this uh, group called Cure, who like um, they train him as an assassin to help, kind of you know do stuff to help save the world and stuff. Stuff, yeah, stuff. Hey. It's got um, ah, oh, there's some old avuncular actor is like his boss who sits looking at a computer all day. I'm gonna find out who it is. Hold on, hold on. Wilfred Brimley. That's the one with Brimley. He's just basically got this computer that hooks into everything, even though it's like set in 1985. So the computer is not great, but it can, <laughs> but it can still process pretty good looking video. It's got video. Captain Janeway in it, not as well. Yeah, Kate Mulgrew. It's a classic. This film is, and he gets trained by like this kind of aged um, Asian man in the secret kung fu, um, so he can kind of run across wet concrete and set fire to things <laughs> with his hands by rubbing it really hard. Um, but the weirdest thing was, have you two seen Cabaret? No, no never film, seen it. The film Cabaret. Oh, for God's sake. Because the guy who played the MC in Cabaret actually played the aged Oriental dude who trains Remo under an absolute ton of makeup. How have you seen Cabaret? Because you hate Broadway stuff. I don't hate Broadway stuff. It's this tone of music sometimes I don't like. (laughs) I've seen Cabaret. It's a classic of... of, um, I've forgotten his name, the the choreographer. Uh, No... It's all about Liza Minnelli, really, isn't it? Rob Schneider played you... him in the film. <laughs> I'm being Rob serious. Rob Schneider's a choreographer? He played him in the film. Hang on, I'm going to write... I'm going to pause the podcast once I find out who it is. Not sure. Uh, Bob Fosse. That's it, Bob Fosse. Thank you. Your internet's quicker than mine. What's this going on about? Oh, that was my brain. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Bob Fosse. <laughs> it's, yeah, um, <clears throat> Cabaret is a classic oh. of the Bob Fosse uh, oeuvre. I'll have you know. But anyway, I watched Remo. It's made in the 1980s. Pretty rubbish, but it's got a good fight around the Statue of Liberty. You know, it's got um, Fred Ward in it, who always gives good Fred Ward. For it's your called money. The Adventure Begins. Were there any more adventures? No, it wasn't. That was quite a presumptuous title, to be honest. Were, <laughs> a bit like was... Mac and me saying, Mac will be back. Oh, yeah. But I think there was um, a TV pilot was made after it, which bombed. So, and then basically that was it. It just kind of went away. But again, with, with the Parker books, there's loads of destroy books kind of behind it. They could have probably uh, built like a whole series of films off, but no, nah, didn't do very well. So but, do you recommend it then? Yeah, it's well worth watching on Netflix. Yeah? Yeah, you get to see um, Fred, uh, Fred Ward climb across an elaborate kind of assault course in his house to teach him how to balance properly. That's worth seeing. Yeah, some of those books. old book series are great. There's all kind of the pulpy ones. Yeah. There's actually, there's one on the go at the moment called Dead Man, um, nice. which is a, a throwback to all that stuff. And uh, the creators are getting lots of authors to put together quick pulpy books, which you can pick up for a pound or two on Kindle. That's a good idea, because they, they talk about, with the last Kindle, they kind of bring back this, the old style serial books. Yeah. And the, those kind of cheap just. You know, things just kind of done quickly and dirty and pushed out. That's probably a really good fit for the Kindle. Rather than, you know, paying £10 for an e-book, paying a couple of quid for something kind of cheap and nasty is probably a better idea, really. Mm. Hmm. 
I'm glad, I'm glad you both agree with me. Yeah, exactly. I think, and you should go out and buy it now. <laughs> yes, you should. Because I also found like that's the only time it's going to happen tonight, Phil. Thank you. Uh, like I've listened to Ed Brubaker on podcasts, and he kind of references those books an awful lot when he talks about his work. Mm-hmm. Things with things like Criminal and those kind of books. So I, I, I quite like to go back and read some of the old, the, the, the Destroyer and Parker books. Oh, if you like all the, those kind of things, there's a, a publishing house called, not a publishing house, but a, a label called Hard Case Crime, who put nice. out both new and old pulp fiction and noir fiction. Yeah. Fantastic books, really, really are, good fun. Are they the one with the yellow covers, the yellow borders? Yeah, those ones. Yeah, I've seen them in Watertowns. They, look, I love the covers. The covers are so pulpy. It, it is something that I'm thinking one day I'm going to have to stick into one of those. <laughs> one oh, day. definitely, definitely do it. The only problem at the moment is that every time I go into Watertowns, it's the same ones on the shelves. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I watch a few other things. Um, I'll just sneak some things in. I watched uh, In the Mouth of Badness, the John Carpenter film. Oh, brilliant movie. Brilliant, horror, scary film that is. Even though the, the music's a bit rubbish. Well, it's a John Carpenter film. <sighs> I know you're a guest, Ross, but I... <laughs> that's uncalled for. Um, Come on, it's just three notes over and over again. Yeah, really good notes. But unfortunately, in The Mouth of Madness, he, he's got like a rock guitar kind of opening theme to it, which doesn't really fit. <laughs> Argento did the same thing around that time. The soundtrack to Phenomena is absolutely terrible. Yeah, which is, I think like once it gets into the film itself, it's like the the music in there is fine, but like the kind of opening credits thing it just doesn't really fit. It just doesn't make any sense. But the Mouth of Madness is a superb, scary film. Sam Neill proper bonkers in it, so I'd recommend that if you've not seen that before, especially with it being Scaretober. It's it's funny how there was a phase where they went um, they went through putting terrible kind of rock guitar at the start of films and then if just a few years ago just about every horror film ended with some terrible new metal over the credits at the end oh uh, yeah because yeah. i think that's the block problem i have with kind of modern horror stuff it all seems to be kind of um trying to evoke marilyn manson videos yeah like i don't know if you two saw the new evil dead trailer for the remake oh no I, I i avoid trailers but especially of films that i've yeah. seen many many times i mean um it's a remake so it's not going to be good but the fact that it's got Sam Raimi behind it kind of makes Bruce me think, and Bruce, and Bruce Campbell as well. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm willing to give it a chance. But then when they kind of played this trailer, there was some good. You talk some kind of bits of chainsaws and bloods and stuff, but it just looked like kind of that grey, that same kind of palette as the Marilyn Manson video, that kind of grey, clammy, kind of dirty, wet yeah. wood kind of look to it, mm. which is just seems really old now. You know, it just seems quite, quite boring, but that seems to be the kind of touchstone for most horror films in America is that kind of look, and it's just getting a bit boring. So, and that seems to be kind of fully going down that path, which is like, well, you know, I'll give it a go. I think my problem with the, them doing a remake is that 
I'm not going to be able to watch it in a cinema full of people who like the original because they're all going to be making oohs and ahs every time there's a reference. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem as well, isn't it? Although I've noticed a lot of people saying, oh, the, um, they're not going to, the, the trailer's not got the humour of the first Evil Dead. But I don't remember it being that funny, the first one. No. It's it been a while since I watched dark. it, but yeah, I remember Gerard saying on Twitter, but yeah, the, the second one was the funny one from what yeah. I remember. Yeah, the second Onwards, one's, yeah. Yeah, the second one's basically a cartoon. Darkness was the funniest of the series, really. Yeah. That was basically, it just became like a thriller by that point, hadn't it? Because the, the, yeah. the, the, the horror scene. Yeah, it was an open comedy, but then. Yeah. But the second one is a pure cartoon. Yeah, it's got like blood and stuff in it, but it's it's an absolute cartoon. Well, the first one is just relentlessly horrible. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't really agree with this remake because I feel that The Evil Dead is one of those films which is a... Because uh, di- it's like the director's first. It, it has to go places. It has to push things. And because it was Sam Raimi's first film, you know, he went all out on it. You know, these are like yeah. all unknowns trying to make their point and be heard kind of thing in this in the medium is i mean same happened with um kevin smith and, and clerks really i mean can you imagine somebody deciding to remake clerks i think that'd be no mental yeah so i uh, uh, bit uh, weird choice but yeah so you've been speaking ross what was the last thing you watched uh last film i watched was phoenix Wright ace attorney oh, oh wow so jealous see i was expecting something kind of some kind of weird Italian crime film from the seventies with lots of blood in it. And no, did, no, I, I, I have you, watched some of those recently, but no, the last film I watched was Phoenix Wright. And you pull uh, a swerve on me. Um, Scotland loves anime festival. because yeah, oh, I, I'm guessing you were there with um, um, Ian Mentas and Watson then. I was indeed there with Ian Mentas and Watson. Oh yeah, because I was on a podcast with him very recently. We talked about it, and he he thought it was quite good, even though he's not a fan of the game series. Well, I've only played the first game through. Um, it was something that while I was playing it, I thought, this is fun, but I'd actually rather watch it as a cartoon. Yeah. Uh, because mm-hmm. my, I, I, I'm sure you and I have talked about this before, Phil, but kind of the old point and click games where you're trying to solve a joke or a storyline rather than a puzzle. Yeah. And I, I just couldn't get into solving the jokes or the storylines of um, Phoenix but, Wright. But the mechanics. And uh, yeah. more often than not, ended up just trying everything and only working out how my brain should have been working once I had the right um, bit of evidence to show yeah. somebody. I, I find the but, game so, works best when you're in the actual kind of trial bit. You know, when you're doing the actual trials, mm-hmm. you're, in, you're in the kind of trial room, you're presenting your evidence. I, I find it's been like a much nicer game then, but then when you're out kind of investigating, it's just could become a case of just trying to, you know, I need to find X. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I need to find X object to get X person to say X things so I can carry on, which gets a bit boring. But the actual trials themselves are so much fun and goofy. The trials are a lot of fun, but that is where I found that more often than not, I, I quite often just ended up trying everything after each other. There's also, I'm sure, at least one moment where you, you effectively had to die in order to progress. You had to run out of your lives in the um, trial just for him to go, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Here's something you didn't think of, and that that to me is broken. Yeah, that's a fair point. But does that does that happen in the film though? No, that doesn't happen in the film. But there does... are a lot of in jokes, and I, I did see it with a crowd of people who were laughing a little bit too hard at some of the in jokes. Um, but no, it, it's a lot of fun. It's actually one of the sort of most enjoyable of the Takashi Miike movies that I've seen because um, he is certainly variable in what he produces. Yeah, I think the last film I saw of his was um, Thirteen Assassins.
I've still to see that. Oh, um, I love that. It's a really I kind of good gave film. up on his movies after walking out of Gozu because it was just terrible. Yeah. And I've said at that point that the guy was just too variable to to invest much time in. But I think I've, I think I've missed some gems in the meantime. I would certainly give Thirteen Assassins a go because that that is a really good samurai film. Mm. So um, if you've got access to American Netflix, it's on there at the moment. And yeah, it's just a superb film. It's, it's a, what, I, what I love about it is that it kind of starts off, um, you know, being a samurai film, and it's quite balletic. Because the, the big thing about it is like it's basically like a, an hour-long samurai battle with thirteen samurais versus two hundred other people, and it Excellent. all kind of, it kind of starts off being kind of balletic and you know, nicely shot samurai battles like you'd expect. But then by the end of it, people are just covered in mud, hitting people, hitting each other with rocks. You know, it, it just it just kind of descends into just outright brutality, just to kind of get things finished. And it, it, I'm liking the sound of this. It's just, yeah, it's just I really, really enjoyed it, so I, I thoroughly recommend that one. Cool. I would certainly recommend uh, Ace Attorney. The only the downside of it being that it's uh, like a, I find a lot of um, Japanese films. It's about half an hour too long. Yeah, because um, it really is quite a simple throwaway film, and it lasts more than two hours. So it could it could have been shortened and uh, kept the pace up a bit better, I think. But that I I reckon that's just a cultural thing. Oh yeah, I was going to say you always got to find that with uh, especially like you know, Hong Kong films and Chinese films. They always tend to drag on about ten twenty minutes too long. Mm. Like, they mean like a good editor to kind of chop things down. Like um, Ip Man is is a great film, but it certainly can drop like half an hour of that film with no trouble at all, really. Yeah, I think we've just got the East and West just have a different idea of pace for action movies. I think. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So oh, I'm jealous of you now, because there's no way that's going to be at a cinema near me. So I'm going to have to wait for it to come out on DVD or Blu-ray or something. Oh, you never know. <laughs> Though to be fair, we we certainly watched it on a not um, great uh, digi beta projection or something like that. So they didn't yeah. even bother getting a print over uh, for the festival, which is a bit disappointing. But you got to see it. You got, got to see it though. Come on, that's true. That's very true. Um, but with it being um, a Mickey film, was it quite violent or anything? Because I'd quite like Ethan to see it if it's a goofy, good, goofy um, film. Well, the storyline is about... It's a, have you played the game? Yeah, the I played all, one? Yeah, I played all of them, yeah. All right, when the, the storyline is the the, sort of the murder of um, Phoenix Wright's boss. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, those scenes are... They're bloodier than I imagined they were going to be, but certainly nothing over the top. Fair enough. That'll be all right. You watch is Doctor it Who. like... The um, old law series that you see on TV, kind of like LA Law or that kind of thing, or is it just something in its own right kind of thing? No, it's very much in the spirit of the games. It's very, very silly. Um, right. Um, and it, it's a live-action cartoon, pretty much. Sounds amazing. It does intrigue me, I've got to say. I must check it out sometime. Oh, yeah. I mean, if it, it'll undoubtedly come out in DVD or Blu-ray, so well worth picking up. Mm. It's lethal watching. Can you hear us, Phil? Yeah, I can hear you. Phil, can you hear us? I can hear you. Martin, can you hear Phil anymore? I can hear you both. God damn it! Oh, sorry, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't be playing no games with me, you guys. It's gonna be another two years till I can try that again. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was mean. Anyway, right topic. Who knows? Uh, sorry. Post traumatic. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> post-traumatic stress penis that'll be the intro for the topic section then 
Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to talk about a topic, a scary topic, because it's Scaretober, and we're in a scary shed. And well, outside there are roaming gangs of bloodthirsty zombies out to get, get us and stuff and all that, because it's scary. Because Jared read the Necronomicon last week, and you know how that goes. Oh, so, did he not get the words right when he tried to seal the book? No, he did it in Irish, so Christ knows what happened. Oh, bloody hell. They're all zombies all go around after and everything, isn't it? Yeah, all these zombies oh, are potatoes. Oh, and all that. <laughs> That, that, that that's just discriminatory, but we'll move on. Who cares? <laughs> uh, the topic. He's not this... here. He won't listen back. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's okay because I'm half Irish. That's fine. That's all I've asked to find. Then he's off somewhere eating potatoes and stuff, <laughs> listening to his collection of Terry Wogan cassettes. Anyway, sorry, sorry, Ireland. Um, collection the... as in more than one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more than one is a collection. Anyway. The topic this week is a scary one, and we're going to talk about films that scared us but aren't actually horror films yeah yeah oh okay okay yeah, mm. yeah so this would be probably going back to you know dark childhood memories and stuff um so i'll kick it off because the one i picked as the one that i kind of unsettled me a great deal uh is return to Oz. This summer, Walt Disney Pictures presents a motion picture fantasy adventure beyond your fondest imagination. You'll be transported miraculously back to the enchanted land of Oz, that magical kingdom beloved by young and old for generations. It's just a yellow brick. No, Belina, you don't understand. This was the yellow brick road. You'll share with Dorothy Gale the shock of finding everything mysteriously changed. What's happened to everybody? And you'll delight with her discovery of four wonderful new friends who band together against a wicked queen and the dreaded gnome king. This is the Oz you haven't seen before, and this is the Oz you'll want to visit again and again. From Walt Disney Pictures comes a whole new world of entertainment. Just fly back to Kansas. Return to Oz. The uh, the long-awaited sequel to uh, The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> no one wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no one wanted at all. Uh, I've least... heard tales of this scary movie, but I've never seen it. You've never seen it? Oh no. man, it's. Um, I think it's based more on the books than the. Kind of, the um, first Wizard of Oz film was. That was kind of its own thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Whereas this kind of goes back to the original books written by somebody whose name I've forgotten. And it's uh, directed by somebody, I think he was a sound mixer, who worked with uh, George Lucas on his films and on The Godfather as well. And then he made a film for no reason at all. Yeah, he was there, uh, Walter, Walter Murch. He was a sound designer on Apocalypse Now. And for some reason, he made this in the mid-80s. And it was kind of messed up. Um, so have you not seen it Ross I'll just give you kind of a brief description of it yeah go for it I'm still trying to think of a film that fits the bill fuck's sake so the film kind of starts uh, set after the first Wizard of Oz so Dorothy's come back to Kansas Um, the family in the kind of midst of rebuilding the house that was destroyed her father's kind of is it a father or uncle uncle has got like a broken leg and he's all kind of depressed and uh, Dorothy can't sleep because she keeps having visions, visions of Oz and then, so because she's got kind of messed up, her, her auntie decides to send her to an asylum for electroshock therapy. <laughs> nice. 
Yeah. This is a bit messed up. Yeah, this is, this is, this is how it starts. So the doctor's got like this um, machine where it's got like, like dials and stuff. And it's kind of like a face. And then just as he's about to give her electroshock therapy, she managed, Dorothy manages to escape and goes off. It, it's like a big storm. And Dorothy goes off um, across the water and ends up back in Oz uh, with a chicken, for some reason, from a farm who can talk because that happens in Oz. And then, yeah. And then she kind of goes off on an adventure to kind of, because she gets into, um, back to the Emerald City, but everything's broken and everybody in the city's turned to stone and they're all missing their heads. And then these, these people kind of turn up with wheels for hands who start chasing her through the streets. And then she finds this wizard who's, uh, sorry, witch who's in charge, who's, um, got like this room but it's got hundreds of heads in the glass cabinets then she kind of takes her head off and puts other heads on because she's jealous of everybody else's beauty and then she that meets up is freaky yeah and then she meets up with the goblin king who's this kind of stone dude who kind of morphs out of stone when he talks to her and everything ends happily in the end because it's you know a kids film but how it gets there is just properly weird because yeah, when when you think of Oz and Dorothy, you think of you know the Yellow Brick Road. You think of you know the the bright, glorious Technicolor land of Oz. You think of the songs, and like I say, this starts with electroshock therapy. Mm-mm. So it's a very different mm-hmm. tone, and it's just... so this this must have had quite an effect on you. Then I'm guessing. Yeah, it just kind of it just it was just weird, you know. It was just really unsettling. Was there any songs in this at all? No songs at all. Not a single song. And, like, when she finds the Olympic Road, it's smashed up because, you know, um, Oz is in ruins, basically. So it's just kind of when she meets, like, a giant pumpkin head who calls her mommy because he hasn't got a mum. So that's quite tragic by itself. And, yeah, I, um, I, I it's, it's kind of like um, a relic of its time because, you know, it's mid-80s. It's lots of practical effects. It kind of falls into... Um, that kind of era of kids films where they're kind of willing to push uh, the special effects as much as possible, but they haven't got quite the budget to kind of pull it off all the way. In, in, in other words, it sounds like it's trying to attempt something like never ending story fantasy uh, and yeah. lab, labyrinth kind of scales. But yeah. It doesn't quite match. Yeah. What you say. It hasn't quite got the, um, like there's no Jim Henson working behind it. So I think it was a, I think it was a Disney film. Yeah. It was a Disney, uh, Walt Disney release when it came out. Mm-hmm. So obviously it had, you know, that kind of behind that, that kind of, name behind it but the film was just kind of weird you know you just kind of think why would you start with electroshock therapy <laughs> oh if it's a disney film chances are if you watch again on dvd it'll probably be edited out <laughs> <Disney>. no, <it's, laughs> it, it, they showed it on channel five a few weeks ago and it's still in there they still you know electroshock therapy it's still in there she gets you know the thing put on her head people screaming in the asylum and stuff so that That's kind weird. of yeah i didn't like it even though but i kind of watched it because i had it on a tape with the goonies <laughs> so I had, to, I had to watch that to get to the Goonies so I, you know, I had to put up with it it sounds almost like fan fiction you know when you speak of it Return to Oz it sounds like something someone's done on this internet forum it's just what if <laughs> like, she goes back and shit like that you know yeah yeah, like some kind of terrible follow up comic or book <laughs> yeah. that, just, that just seeks to make a kids film adult just to make it edgy definitely Oh, and man, you, that almost, you almost expect someone else to appear, someone famous, like, and then He-Man appeared. And he started smashing <laughs> up the place. <laughs> that, that, it would have needed that, seriously. And I don't think there's any kind of name, like, there's no one famous in it at all. Right down the line, there's nobody in there at all. 
No, not even just, since it's been made. Not they've not gone on to done. The, well, the voice of, the voice of the pumpkin guy is Brian Henson, so obviously that's Jim Jim Henson's son. So obviously that's you know fair play, a bit famous. But the girl who played Dorothy, I think, didn't do much. I'm just going to double check. Uh, not shooting the craft, American History X, uh, Waterboy. Feruza Balk, she's been in quite a lot. Yeah. Oh, she's been. Funny enough, she was in Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> Always back to Austin Powers. I think so, anyway. Maybe I'm going crazy. Let's see if she's in... I can't see it on her filmography. But yeah, so, like, I think she's been in other films, but she's never quite been, you know, the most famous person in films. Paper Laurie was in um, Carrie. That wasn't that the mother from Carrie. Let me double check. No, wasn't Sissy Spacek the mother in Carrie? No, that was Carrie. Oh, no, Mar- uh, Margaret White she played in Carrie. I guess it must be the mother in Carrie then, yeah. But yeah, apart from that, no one famous in it. Yeah, apart from that, no one famous in it. But yeah, but it's not when you, when you look at the filmography, you don't kind of go, ah, that's a famous person. You know, there's no kind of um, stunt casting in it then. How about that instead? Okay, we'll go with that. Yeah, there's no stunt casting in it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I recommend kind of track it down to watch it because it's just, it's just kind of weird. You know, it's just kind of like, how, how did this get past people to be to make this as a film? Why do people think? Oh yeah, we'll do, we'll we'll start with electroshock therapy. We'll have the lady pulls their people's heads off. It's kind of weird. It's interesting that the front cover of the DVD seems to be quite jolly. It is. It's you know I think I think um, the original poster was done by Drew Strussman, who was the you know the kind of classic poster artist of his era. And the film's just weird, and it just feels wrong. You know, you just kind of. <laughs> That's kind of wrong. So that, that was my film anyway. That was my film. Return to us. I guess we should go to Martin to, to help Ross out even more. That's right. I'm texting okay. my mum to, to, to see if she remembers any. <laughs> Apparently I was scared of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Nah, I'm not surprised because that, that gets kind of rated a lot, uh, a fair bit of that in Sleeping Beauty with the dragon. Mm. In those kind of films. There's a dragon in Sleeping Beauty? Yeah, the big dragon. Is it Maleficent? Or is that the name of the queen? Well, it must be 25 years since I've watched it, so uh, I can't say as I remember it. Yeah. But they always do get kind of racist films that are quite scary, so, uh, you know, I, I, I would believe you on that. I think I, I can't think of any that scared me. I can certainly remember being upset by um, Silent Running. Oh, what real? At what point that made you... What, was it just the, the, the uh, robots in it? Or? Yeah, the robots at the end. I remember... <laughs> My dad sat me down to watch it. Hey, you'll enjoy this. It's a science fiction, and been really quite upset by the end of it. <laughs> I remember the end of the end of um, Black Hole freaking me out as well. See, I'm I'm not sure if I've ever seen Black Hole all the way through. I think it's one of those ones I need to actually definitely track down. Yeah, because it ends with, like, with like, this real kind of strange, stark image. That if you've not seen it, I won't spoil it for you. But it just we get to the end, it's just like. We all kind of like, Ugh, really? You gonna end that there? So yeah, I, I reckon that as well. But anyway, we're interrupting Martin. Sorry, my one um, is actually a comedy film. Believe it or not, that makes the one that scared me. It's, I've mentioned it on the show before, and it's not Home Alone Four, although it could be. That scared um, the crap out of me. It's actually now. Ghostbusters Two, and it's the picture Vigo. Um, the Carpathian. Oh. As as a child, that 
scared the hell out of me. The whole Im- the whole image where he was coming out of the picture, that did weird stuff. And obviously, when you're a child, your imagination plays with you anyway. Yeah. But that really scared the hell out of me. So much so that I, it wasn't until I was I was easily a teen until I actually sat down and watched it properly. And no then way. Thought, Why the hell was I scared of that? But <laughs> even so, it took like about ten years for me to like watch it. <laughs> Well, it's just that image, isn't it, I suppose? Because I think I was nine when I saw it, so I was probably a bit older than you, Martin, I think. Yeah, I was only about five or yeah. Yeah, five when I saw it. But the face kind of looming out of the picture, yeah, that is a bit weird. Yeah, really. So, and like I say, it comes from a comedy film. So I, I like the fact that it is scary enough to, like, warrant a threat kind of thing. So there is something about it. It's not just something jokey that looks... Yeah. Okay, not it's not really offensive or scary kind of thing. So there is definitely a threat there, and I think they got that right. But for some reason, I, you know, it just really freaked the hell out of me. Well, yeah. well, I think it did what it was intended to do. Then definitely, definitely. Yeah. However, it's, it's a shame. It's it's weird because when I speak to other people my own age, like you guys, obviously you were fine with it. And it's something. It's something that I've not actually spoken. I've not spoken to anyone else who's <laughs> actually been afraid of it yet. Just, yeah. I, don't, I certainly don't remember being afraid of it, but uh, even thinking about it now, yeah, it was certainly creepy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember the first Ghostbusters being quite scary as well because they didn't when they did the scares, they didn't really shy away from them at all, really. No. Yeah, I I saw a picture from the first Ghostbusters from behind the scenes earlier this week, and I wish I didn't click on it because it showed you how they did that bit with um, Sigourney Weaver in the chair. In the claws grabbing her. Oh yeah, is it just like loads of guys by the side of the chairs put their arms through? Exactly, it? and it's in a chair, but the, the arms are off. So <laughs> it's just like three men Groping wearing these claws, Weaver. just surrounding her in the chair, and it kind of spoils it there. Yeah, but really well done. So, so have you got any more than yours, Ross, or is that the only one you think you can, you're scared of? Who is that to? That was you, to you, Ross. Um, certainly I can think of off the top of my head. I thought we were talking about something else. Um, well, but no, I mean, the thing was, I, I got into horror movies and enjoying being scared by films, uh, much later on. Yeah. I think my parents didn't really want me watching things that would freak me out and stop me from <laughs> sleeping. Well, the other topic you alluded to, we were also going to, well, we were going to possibly discuss like the, what the films that we've only watched once because we're too scared to go back to them. Hmm. We could get, do that now. Yeah, we'll, we? we'll do that bit now. Because I think the one, I think, because Jared was going to talk about that, he was going to talk about The Evil Dead, which I kind of agree with. I don't think I've watched it again since I've watched it all the way through since I saw it the first time back in the day, which is mm. a bit weird. I think I was 14 when I saw it, and that, yeah, The Evil Dead is, is a proper messed up film. Oh, yeah, the first one, definitely. Yeah. And I think I've kind of, when I thought about it, I realised I've kind of, I've watched like you know chunks of it but i've never i think i've watched the whole thing all the way through since that time back in you know whenever it was 1994 yeah but that film that film's got real power to it i think a lot of the time it can depend on the circumstances of you watching it a film because there there are two that i can think of that completely freaked me out and they've never gone back to but neither of them um i think are that would be that scary on repeat viewing. So the first one was uh, Blair Witch, which um, I didn't see it in cinema. 
and I did, but I also didn't get one of the hooky videos when it first came out. <laughs> but what did happen was that I saw it when I was in first year at university. Um, came back late one night. Uh, a friend of mine had said, "Oh, I've got the DVD of that. It's sitting in my room just." And this, these, this was in the days before people actually had DVD players. You know, it was just DVD drives in the PC. Yeah. And so he said, oh, I'll, "I'll leave the door open. In you go and watch it if you want." So I did and sat on my own with a crappy monitor. Um, watching this film when I was very tired and uh, certainly by the final scene I was pretty damn freaked out uh, so yeah, yeah. It, and, it, it, but it's it did not a film I really film. want to watch again because I'm pretty sure it's not going to stand up to repeat view oh no I think, I think it's very much a one trick pony that film but you know for what yeah, it did and, it did it and right similar the other one was actually another Mickey movie uh, Audition which I sat um, on my own in the dark it started about midnight it's about two hours long and it takes a long, it's a long, slow build up that film. But the last 20 minutes were horrific. And I actually had to, I'd been sitting in the dark watching the film and I had to make a quick dash across the other side of the room to put the light on. Oh, and bless. then went and sat back down in the sofa again and just sat there in the now nice and bright lounge thinking, I'll just, I'll just stay here for 10 minutes. I'm not going out into the corridor just yet. I <laughs> know. Oh, See, that's me with zombies. Because, like, the zombies actually freak you out, do they? Yeah, they do. Like, if I watch a zombie film, I'm really unsettled for like, the next couple of days. See, that's interesting because I, f- I like zombie films and I can watch anything with zombies in. However, you give me a copy of Resident Evil to play or something like that and I can't play it for the life of me. <laughs> oh, if you're going for games, then the Project Zero games, uh, I've, I can't get through them. Uh, an old flatmate and I uh, once tried to play through the second one and we got to the point where... We, the, we got to the doll maker's room. See, that just sounds bad. Did you say yeah, doll makers? Yeah. And we got in, we looked at each other and went, this isn't going to end well. <laughs> and yeah, the dolls were in the room, got up and started dancing around the character. And we just switched the PS2 off, switched the TV off, went outside. It was like, no, nope, can't, cannot deal with this. <laughs> the sense of foreboding in that game is inc- it's so well done. Yeah. Well, that's sometimes worse, isn't it? The build-up is sometimes worse than the actual scare itself. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, t- I totally agree with you about if the Bowish. If you want a zombie film to avoid, then uh, avoid the zombie diaries. Is that just avoid because it's bad or avoid because it's... Oh, absolutely atrocious. <laughs> that sounds But lovely. they've made a sequel. Of course they have. They always make <laughs> sequels. they usually do. Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Good times. Bad times, Martin. It's scary times. Scary times, sorry. I do remember, just talking about scary stuff, I remember, and for the whole idea of foreboding, I went to the cinema one time with my friends in university to see The Ring 2. And it wasn't scary for me at all, because I could could tell which parts were coming up, because you could could tell in the music and the tone. You could just, like, it was... was, um, you could tell when a, a scary part was about to come up, basically. And there was one point which so tempted me, I had to use all my might to stop myself from doing something because I was looking all around and my all, everyone in the cinema and all my friends were really focused on and you could tell that they were going to like scream or shout in, in any second now. And I had to stop myself from going, ah, and scaring them all. <laughs> I had to use every single effort on me just from doing that. But I was so tempted. <laughs> that the American version of the It ring, was yeah. the American ring, yeah. Yeah. So... I remember when I watched the um, the first Japanese ring that uh, that that kind of freaked me out because I think oh where was it now? 
I was with um, my now wife and she was asleep and I was kind of flicking around TV late one night just before I was going to bed. And uh, I was, she was just sleeping in the bed and I was sat on the edge of the bed watching TV and then I was flicking around and I got to Channel 4 and then Mark Kermode popped up. And he was like, you know, well, this is The Ring. I guarantee that the end of this film will scare the shit out of you. And I was like, oh, re- oh would it, Mark Kermode? Would it now? <laughs> Challenge accepted. Yes. All right, fair enough. Let's get this watch. And then by the end of it, I was like, I'm sorry, Mark Kermode. Why did I question you? <laughs> Because, but again, that's one of those films. I think once you know, once you know the trick of it, it's not going to scare you again. No, because you didn't know what was coming. But by the time I got to the film, I was like, "Oh, that's messed up." Didn't like that. No, we actually, uh, Edinburgh Zombie Club was recently asked to do a sort of questionnaire for the List magazine um, to promote Halloween movies, and they asked us for iconic moments in horror cinema, and Sadako coming out of the TV screen was yeah. definitely one of them. Definitely is. Yeah, yeah. So that's all. That's a good selection of scary films for you there. That we will never ever watch again because they're too scary and we're scared of girls. <laughs> right. Uh, it's now quiz time. Oh, yes. Scary Halloween quiz. What do you think of that, boys? I'm scared. Well, you better be. Why aren't there sound effects? Play sound effects. Well, what kind of sound effect? Jimmy Savile. <laughs> the, the scariest of all creatures the sound of a camper van coming up behind you oh that's terrifying <laughs> now then now then no stop it Phil come on quiz what I've got uh, we kind of alluded to it earlier I've got um, a selection of remakes horror movie remakes oh yeah and I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you I'm, I'm going to give each of you a title and I'm going to ask you which film grossed the most money what? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of that quiz? Okay. Are we going to do like a higher or lower thing like what I've done before? No. Oh, fuck. <laughs> we're just going to have to guess and be close. Yeah. Well, well, you, so you we're can... just going to make up numbers. Is that what it is? You can guess which one's higher. I've got I've got five. So it's one each and then a tiebreaker if we're, if we're in a tie situation. Okay. Now, who wants to go down the scary alleyway first? Joe, me too. Yeah, Martin can go first. I'll so go Martin's first. first, Ross second, okay? Okay, I'm going to key, key into music now. I'm not sure what kind of scary music, but I'll find some good scary music. Mastermind. scary that chair it's like the the just it's, it's alive and it'll eat you if you get a question wrong anyway right <clears throat> martin Hello. your first film was released in 1974 and it's the horror classic the texas chainsaw massacre okay which was remade in 2004 by michael bay mm-hmm. in the as the texas chainsaw massacre i'm going to guess that the new one grossed yes the roast the most Martin? Yeah. You're correct. I'm straight. Michael Bay knows his shit. 2004, uh, the, the 1974 version did 30, $30 million at box office. Okay. Uh, the modern one did $80 million. Wow. Can you believe it? $80 million. Is that adjusted for inflation, though? I don't know. 
This is not. This is on. This, I, I should probably say this. So is I'm t- just going to guess whichever film came out it's later. Okay, well, we'll see how that goes for you. Uh, this is based on the... Uh, there's a list of horror films box office on IMDb. So this is all pulled from there, in case you want it. Oh, right, so if I look that up, then I'll get Later, an not during the actual quiz itself, Ross. Yes. All right, it's your turn now, for fuck's sake. Um, don't worry, I'm not looking at anything. Let's just close it. Close it now. Right, your film is the 1979 horror film The Amateurville Horror. All right, okay. Uh, remade in 2005, I think, starring uh, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I think it was. Model. Was it the model one? So, okay, so you got 1999-2005. Which one uh, grossed the most money? Given that the original spawned sequels and the remake didn't, from what I remember, I'm going to say the original grossed more money. And Ross, you would be correct in that thinking. Yes. Excellent. Yeah, because uh, the original Amityville uh, grossed an, uh, quite a stonking $86.4 million. Wow. Wow. And the modern one made 64.3. So, you know, it's quite shocking the difference there, really. That's mm. not, not such a bad difference, though, really. Not really. Only not. $20 million. Not really. So now back over to Martin. years. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Back over to Martin now. Okay. Your next film is... The 1980 slasher classic Friday the 13th. Who was the killer? That's the question, Martin. Who was the killer? Who was the killer? <laughs> Ross was. Uh, remade in 2009. Um, was that by. No, that was um, by somebody else, I think. You, no, I can't remember who remade it. I think that was Rob again. Zombie, wasn't it? I think that was Halloween. Did the, did the role. Oh, I think. Oh, I thought but you did both. I, I think it was the, um, the, the same kind of Michael Bay. Company that we made it. Yes, in. yes, it was. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So, Martin, which one grossed the most money? I'm going to use Ross's logic on this one and go with the original. Are you really? Yeah. Well, you would be incorrect in that thing. Fuck me. The original uh, grossed 37.5 million, and the modern one did 65 million. Really, Jesus! You forgot about the Michael Bay factor. You know, he knows good marketing. So, uh, we're back over to Ross. Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, Ask your you, questions, Quizmaster. If you get this one, then you win. Oh, fantastic. You win. Really? Yeah. Well, I've got four in the tiebreaker. That was it. Short quiz this week. Jesus. You should have thought about it more, mine. Come on. Anyway. Get, get back. Get back to your podium on the other side of the room. <laughs> this is this a presidential debate? No, because you've got podiums when you're doing quizzes, aren't you? Like in catchphrase. No, I'm to mind. You get a chair. Oh, right, get, back, <laughs> get back to your chair then. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Ross. Yes. You've got the 1976 horror classic, The Omen. Uh-huh. Remade in 2006, I believe, with Lee Schreiber. Or was that... No, that's a different film. It was remade in 2006 anyway. The point is, it was a remake very, of an very old memorably. film. memorably. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Although I think it was memorable because it came out on the 6th of the 606, if you remember rightly. Oh, yeah, so it did. Yeah, because, you know, that's a good date for it. But did it help at the box office? Which one made the most money? I'm going to stick with the same logic as last time and say the original. 
Really? Yes. <laughs> Are you sure? Come on, Chris Tarrant. <laughs> <laughs> Final answer? Yeah, yes, I am sure. Chris. Well, well, Ross, in that thinking, you would again be correct. Bollocks, anyway. <laughs> Where the Omen 1976 made 60.9 million. There you go, Martin. You're up against the master and you failed. And the 2006 is the easy ones. I thought I had a chance this week because Jared was away and he usually no. aces these. Damn no. it! <laughs> You've gone. Failed, Martin. Yeah, the, the original made 60.9 million. Jared can type really quietly and quickly in an iPad. <laughs> <laughs> Sneaky bastards. Uh, the, uh, the old one made, the new one made 54.6. So it's quite close. Quite close. What was the old one, sorry? Uh, the old one did 60.9 million. And the remake did 54. So Ross underlines his horror credentials by stabbing Martin in the face with an axe. Woohoo! Because yeah. that's the noise you make when you stab someone in the face with an axe. Yeah. Sorry, that's the noise you make for the person who's had his face stabbed with an axe. Ow! <laughs> that really hurt! <laughs> Yep, so there we go. That is that that's the show. That's the last of the scary show. Oh. I was scared. It was scared. I mean, this this shed is quite scary considering like all the horrible trees around it and the Sodomy. Yeah. Well those trees rape an awful lot of people. Just, they just... look like the trees from the first Evil Dead film. Yeah, that's that's them everywhere. Every single tree is like that tree. Oh dear. Yeah. You're not getting out alive. I'm not, no. <laughs> oh, in in one piece. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you had fun, Ross, back on the show? I've enjoyed being back on the show, Phil. Yes, I have. Good. Would you like to come back next Halloween? Oh, oh just one year to wait this time. Oh, yeah, I'm, just I'm one going year. up in the world. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> okay, three years now, that attitude. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, just wait until Gerard moves again. <laughs> yeah, that shouldn't be too long. Hold on a fucking second. We're going to be doing this for three years. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> yes, Martin. That's five years completely. Jesus. Oh, God. We've been doing this a long time. <laughs> but we can't stop we're only like uh, six episodes away from the episode 69 the sexy episode <laughs> is that, that going to be a, what the window cleaner saw special it's going to be <laughs> the Emmanuel and confessions of series because <laughs> <laughs> um, if my calendar's right we should be recording that episode on Valentine's Day oh sexy <laughs> just like the sexiest episode ever so in summary it's going to be three grown men in their 30s or just about to be 30s talking about Yeah. Yeah. Favourite romantic yeah. comedies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, Ross. Exactly. Romantic comedies. Oh, well, it's been good having you on the show again, Ross. It was good to be here. Thank you for having me, Phil even, and Martin. Even though I suspect you cheated on the quiz. Good to have you. I did not. I did not cheat at all. Yeah, whatever. We'll just put an asterisk next to this one, Martin. It's fine. Don't worry about it, okay? Hey. Hey, don't insult your guest. It'll be like the... Um, <laughs> sorry, because the show's over. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Screw you. Yeah, we don't need you anymore. Piss off. No, sorry. Fine then. Yeah, fine. It's not, it's not nice. Yeah, just shut up. Uh, yeah, so um, you're still on uh, the Twitch, aren't you, Ross? Uh, at Tubanicus. That's still me. Yep. Yeah. And the Zombie Club, I take it the website's still up, is it? 
The website, everything's still up. I'm just crap at updating them. But we're on the last Wednesday of every month at the Banshee Labyrinth in Edinburgh, showing this month it's uh, Halloween 3 Oof. and um, Night of the Creeps. Now, isn't Halloween 3 the one that's got like nothing to do with any other Halloween film? Yes, and it's from an old Nigel Neal script, so, you know, you can't mock it. Uh, I can try. Yeah, you can try. <laughs> I can try. He did take his name off it, from what I remember. He should show um, um, Prince of Darkness. Uh, we already have. Have you? That, there's another good scary John Carpenter film. We've shown most of Carpenter's movies, I think. All mm. the scary ones, anyway. Yeah, because the the end of that film, the kind of last scene, that's think about it, that's really unsettling. That's another film that scared me when I was younger. The kind of weird dream at the end with the voiceover. Didn't like it. Yeah, he, he certainly made some good ones. And some really bad ones. Oh, yes, Ghosts of Mars. Oh, Jesus Christ. We're going to end on that note then, I think. <laughs> well, I don't that, know, yeah, scarily bad, bad scarily movie. Scarily bad, bad films. Yeah, so Jared should be back next week, we guess. If not, I'll step in again. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, we'll talk about... Um, um, it's my turn. Don't you dare override <laughs> this one. <laughs> These past two have been taken away from me, so next time it's mine. Fine. Jesus Christ, What's Martin. going on, Savile again? He totally is. <laughs> Just don't ask him where he puts that cigar. <laughs> Shocking. Isn't this a family show? Yeah, well, Jimmy Tebble's family. So make of that what you will. Anyway, I'm going to go before I get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, this was fun, boys. We should do it again. Indeed. <laughs> Goodbye, yes. everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Lethal Watching was brought to you by Phil Doyle and Gerard Boyle. I'm Martin Gilbane. In association with abadeducation.com. <laughs>